takes it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today. Thank you for being part of the Locked On Islanders family, and thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got a lot to talk about after the Islanders' 4-3 win over the Philadelphia Flyers, 13th straight loss for the Flyers, Islanders, uh, Moving on up in the standings, we'll talk about that and some key takeaways from tonight's game where the Islanders didn't play their best hockey but still got an important two points in the standings. We've got our weekly farm report as we talk all things Bridgeport Islanders and we've got our Islanders birthday of the day going back to a member of uh, some Stanley Cup winning teams who a lot of people don't necessarily remember a lot about but he is our Islanders birthday of the day and we'll talk about him Later on in the show, we've also got a listener email to discuss later on in today's show. If you've got something Islanders related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the show, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. Always great to provide instant insight and analysis and to interact with fans during Islanders games or really any time, so please feel free to contact me via Twitter whenever uh, there's something you'd like to talk about Islanders-related. Islanders down the Philadelphia Flyers by a score of 4-3. to three. And look, this game was not an artistic masterpiece by anyone's stretch of the imagination. This was not the Islanders playing their best hockey. But end of the day, you get the two points. That's what matters most. And... Look, it didn't start off well, and the Islanders were down two to nothing uh, pretty, you know, pretty quickly in this game. Uh, you know, give up the first goal 57 seconds in, then you give up the second goal 12 minutes and 48 seconds into the first period, and you're like, oh no, 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 here we go. Islanders coming out flat. And, you know, the one thing that I think was sort of comforting about this. The two biggest comforting things. Number one, the Islanders fell behind 2-0, but they didn't panic. And their resiliency, which is something that has served this team very well over the course of the last few years under Barry Trotz, 
it helped them again. You know, they give up that second goal at 12.48 of the opening period. And less than a minute later at 13.37, Noah Dobson gets the Islanders on the board. They answer. And from there on, it was mostly Islanders in this game. And they end up with the two points. The other thing that I think was great to see was that even though, you know, the usual Islanders formula for winning involves outstanding goaltending. And the Islanders are usually outshot in most of their games, although that was not the case tonight. Uh, Their goaltenders have to play well, and they just get enough goals to earn the win. Well, tonight, Ilya Sorokin got the start. I would say two of the three goals that he let in are goals that he would want to have back, especially the first one, where uh, Claude Giroux just scored on a bad angle, a goal that goaltender really needs to be able to stop that kind of a shot 99 times out of 100, maybe even more than 99 times out of 100. So Sorokin really didn't play his A game, and yet the Islanders were still able to come up with the win. And part of it is because the Islanders limited Philadelphia to just 17 shots on goal in this game. I mean, think about it. Ilya Sorokin earns the win with an 8.24 save percentage and only by making 14 saves. Islanders out shooting Philadelphia 33 to 17. That's nearly 2 to 1, and yet they still only win by the one goal and again, a very uneven performance. The the fact that the Islanders were still able to win despite not getting great goaltending in this game to me, is a plus. And then the other thing that I think you have to take into consideration is the improved play of Zach Parise. Parise, one goal, that was the game winner. He had an assist. He had a few other quality chances. Also took a a hard shot to the the shoulder or, or face area at one point during this game, although he didn't take as much punishment as Oliver Wallstrom did in this game. But Zach Parise, the two-point night, plus two, four shots on goal. And, you know, this is the kind of performance from Zach Parise that we've been waiting for all year. And just, let's say, the last two weeks have we started to see more of the Zach Parise we hoped we would see over the course of the season. You add a strong performance by Matt Barzal, And I love the fact that in addition to Parise, Barzi and Anders Lee each had four shots on goal. Those three players were tied for the team lead. Let's face it, that these are the guys you need to be putting pucks on the net. And the fact that they were doing that and that the Islanders managed 33 shots on goal, all encouraging things. And Barzi... I'll tell you, he he was aggressive with the puck. He was not, I don't even know if aggressive is the right word. He was confident and he was, when he handled the puck, A, he wasn't caught out of position and B, it was like he was determined to, to produce something, to create something with the puck and he largely did. Another player who I 
see playing with more confidence as of late, although I'm not ready to anoint him. Two defensemen. Look, we've talked about Dobson. He had another goal. He's playing very well. He has grown into his new role in the absence of Nick Letty, and that's encouraging. Also got to give some kudos to Scott Mayfield, who as of late has just been more confident when handling the puck, and he and Adam Pellick have become a good pairing for the Islanders, especially defensively. So, yeah, Mayfield, only one shot on goal, even in the plus-minus, did not figure in the scoring. But I like the way his game has been uh, developing over the last three weeks, let's say, where you just see him being more confident, He's better with the puck, and he's still solid without it. And I think those giveaways and foolish penalties being cut down right now by Scotty Mayfield. So I'm very happy with the way Mayfield is played. Those are the the good takeaways. The power play does produce a goal for the Islanders in this game, but it remains kind of uneven. The Barzal goal, which was a beauty, on the power play, Parise with a great pass to set that up, and Barzi just roofed it. I mean, that was toy department all the way. Um, the Parise goal wasn't on the power play, but it was shortly after a power play expired. Not great on the power plays that didn't score, but good enough, uh, and, and showing some signs of better puck movement, and I certainly liked seeing that. So, Overall, more reasons for optimism than not, but boy, you know, can't come out flat like the Islanders did, and Sorokin has got to play better. He got away with giving up two softies in this game, but look, this is the advantage, I think, of playing a team like Philadelphia, who who is now winless in their last 13 and just continues to struggle. You can fall behind two to nothing and find a way to come back because Philadelphia is just not on top of their game right now. So you take the two points, you move up in the standings, all encouraging things for the New York Islanders. Congratulations to Zach Parise for being the number one star of this game. He deserved that and just some solid performances overall for the New York Islanders. Book those two points and go from there. We've got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We've got our farm report as we talk all things Bridgeport Islanders. We'll also have a a listener email, and we have our Islanders birthday, a often forgotten player from the dynasty years. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's a new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it. Other protein bars can be chalky or waxy or even taste like a chemical spill, but Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs, while packing 17 grams of protein. Now compare that to a candy bar, which has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And look, with Built Bar, there are so many great flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, 
peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, that's always been my favorite, mint brownie, and many more. And Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so head out to Built.com and see what's new. Go to Built.com now, use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Time now for our farm report as we talk all things Bridgeport Islanders, and it's always fun to talk about what's happening down on the farm. And, you know, Bridgeport played three games since we last had a farm report last week, and they won two of them, which is uh, a, a solid week or weekend for the Islanders. They got Chris Terry back. He had missed five games, and in the three games that he played, Chris Terry had at least a point in each of those games. So did Otto Koivula, who continues to play well. And those are your top two scorings, uh, two two leading scorers. Terry, 13 goals, 30 points. Koivula, 9 goals, 29 points. These are the guys who are your go-to offensive guys. Meanwhile, Jakob Skarik getting wins in both of his performances. He is now undefeated. Five straight wins in his last five starts. He ends up with his fourth straight win on Friday when the Islanders beat the Providence Bruins by a score of three to one. That was on the road. And you had Chris Terry, Simon Holmstrom, and Arno Durando getting a goal, one in each period. And this was a tough physical game. Uh, a lot of penalty minutes in this one. A, a nice rivalry game, and it's always good to come out on top against the Bruins, who are near the top of the standings in the division. Now, the rematch 24 hours later, uh, the Islanders came out like gangbusters. Two goals early in the first minute and 18 seconds of the game, but they couldn't hold it, end up losing. 5-3 to three at home, again to the Providence Bruins. Koivula and Durando uh, with the goals, and Kyle McClain also scoring. Cole Bardrow with a couple of assists. Corey Schneider in a losing effort, 32 saves, but the Islanders could not hold on to that early lead, and they end up falling to the Bruins. But you know what? You face the first-place team, and you split with them. You take that more often than not. You just don't like losing a game that you start out up two to nothing. Then Sunday, the Springfield Thunderbirds visited Bridgeport and the game goes to overtime. Islanders win it by a score of four to three. And the game winner in overtime, Chris Terry, ends up getting that one. And uh, Otto Koivula, Andy Andreoff, and Thomas Hickey each had a goal and an assist in that one. Skarik with 25 saves to earn his fifth straight win. And right now, in their last seven games, the Islanders 4-2-0-1. So nine points in their last seven games. And again, the, the good thing is that this Bridgeport team is indeed picking up their game and playing better hockey now than they were earlier in the season. As I mentioned, Chris Terry and Otto Koivula one and two on the Bridgeport Islanders in scoring. Arno Durando next with 22 points in 38 games. Andy Andreoff, 19 points, but only 29 games. 
Holmstrom, Austin Zarnick, Kyle McLean, and Cole Bardrow next on the scoring parade. And as far as defensemen go, Mitchell Vandesample, 12 points. That is uh, all of them assists. He leads the defensemen in scoring right now, followed by Grant Hutton, who has five goals and 11 points, and Parker Wotherspoon, two goals and 10 points. So, you know, pretty big battle right there for the top spot among uh, the defensemen. As for the goaltending right now, Skerek now 12-8-3 on the season. His save percentage up to 9.10, and his goals against down to 2.80. Corey Schneider, 3-8-2, not getting the support that Skarek gets. His goals against average, 3.17. His save percentage, a 9.03 right now. But uh, I'll tell you, Skarek on fire and hope, you know, he's showing more and more of the potential that caused the Islanders to draft him in the third round a few years back, so hopeful that he continues to get things going. Meanwhile, a lighter schedule for the uh, Bridgeport Islanders this week. Only game this weekend. It's on the road Saturday, January 29th in Hershey against the Hershey Bears. That's a 7 o'clock Eastern start. And then next Wednesday, uh, February 2nd, a 10.30 a.m. start, a home game against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. So those will be the two games that they play uh, in between now and when we have our next farm report for the Bridgeport Islanders. And you look at the standings right now, and Bridgeport, you know, they were in last place for a long time, and slowly, gradually, sort of like the parent club right now, Uh, The Islanders trying to climb out of it. They are in seventh place with a 463 point percentage, 15, 18, 3, and 4. So that's 37 points in 40 games. Uh, Can't quite get to 500 even if they win both of this week's games, but getting closer and Lehigh Valley, which is the next team ahead of them in point percentage, has a 485 percentage. point percentage, it is possible they could pass Lehigh Valley before this weekend or or before this week's games are over. So some reasons for optimism, things looking up a bit for the Bridgeport Islanders, and that is a very good thing. Wanted to get to our uh, listener question right here. So here is the email. This one comes from Gail from White Plains, and Gail, thank you very much for the email, says, Hello, I enjoy listening to your podcast. We had Islanders season tickets during the Dynasty era and sat just to the left of the Zamboni entrance. One aspect of NHL hockey I always enjoyed was whether your team won or lost, the teams always shook hands with the opposing team after game play. Now players congratulate one another, but not the other team, when did this gentlemanly opponent, good game salutation, go away and why? Thank you, Gail, from White Plains. Gail, it still goes on in the playoffs. In the playoffs, obviously, at the end of a series, you have the handshake. It's one of the better traditions in hockey that I have always loved. I, I think what you're talking about just sort of faded out over time, but it, it's interesting. You know, 
for my book, Ice Wars, I interviewed a lot of former Islanders and former Rangers players. And the one thing that struck me, as much as the rivalry between the two teams was always so intense on the ice, off the ice, there was a mutual respect between these two teams. And I think that that was true largely for most opponents during the the 70s and the 80s and and, and going forward from that. So I I think just sort of the, the, the general culture changed a little bit but you still see the handshakes in the playoffs after a hard-fought series. And I, I think there's more camaraderie off the ice nowadays. But that tradition that you spoke of, uh, you know, maybe a little bit less open right now. But I do know, you know, after a game, you go into the locker room and the two teams' players certainly do talk to each other. And 99% of the time, it's positive there are incidences throughout uh, Islanders history, and, and uh, again, I'm referring specifically to some games against the Rangers, where after the game, you know, there were some near fights in the locker room and outside the locker room between the two teams. So uh, there's the good and the bad, Gail, but uh, thank you so much for your question, and it's a good observation on your part. We've got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We go back to the dynasty years for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We have that and more still to come on this episode. This episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and they've got a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get started. That's Locked On, one word, and BetOnline.ag will give you that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit because you use the promo code and listen to the Locked On Islanders podcast. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And we are a day early, but I want to wish a very happy 65th birthday to former Islanders forward Hector Marini. Marini. Uh, born in Timmins, Ontario, drafted in the third round by the Islanders in 1977, had back-to-back 32 goal seasons for the Sudbury Wolves of the OHA in junior, made his Islander debut one game and one playoff game, one in the regular season, one in the playoffs in 1978-79, and then played for the Isles in 80-81 and 81-82, uh, played in nine playoff games in 80-81 when the Islanders uh, won the Stanley Cup for the second time and had nine points in those playoff games. So, you know, that was sort of uh, his best year with the Islanders. 81-82, played in 30 games, had four goals and 13 points. And then the following year, he was off to the New Jersey Devils for two years before finishing his career in 1985-86 in the minor leagues. Hector Marini played in 154 career NHL games, 27 goals, 73 points, 10 playoff games, all of those with the Islanders, three goals and nine points 
in those playoff games. And we're going to go back and look at one of his better efforts for the Islanders. And this is a playoff game, game one of the best of five, uh, oh no, excuse me, of the best of seven quarterfinal series in 1981 between the Islanders and the Edmonton Oilers. This one at the Nassau Coliseum. Edmonton goes with Andy Moog in goal, while the Islanders, of course, countering with Billy Smith, as they did so often during the dynasty years. And the Islanders got off to a quick start. Bobby Nystrom, his first from Gary Howitt and Mike McEwen, three minutes and 14 seconds into the game. Islanders up by a score of one to nothing. Now, late in the period, Hector Marini, our Islanders' birthday of the day, gets into a fight with Mark Messier, and Messier got an extra two minutes for slashing. That gave the Islanders a power play, and Butch Goring took advantage. His first of the playoffs, Bob Nystrom and Dennis Potvin with the assists at 19-15, Isles up 2 to nothing after the first period. In the second, the Islanders add to their lead with two quick goals in the first three minutes and 33 seconds. First, John Tonelli, his first of the playoffs from Wayne Merrick and Gary Howard at 246. And then our Islanders' birthday of the day, Hector Marini, his second of the playoffs, Billy Carroll and Bob Lorimer with the helpers at 333. Less than a minute after that, Islanders go back on the power play. Paul Coffey offer interference, Denny Potvin, his first of the playoffs from Brian Trottier and Mike Bossy at 4.30. And just like that, the 2-0 lead in two minutes flat becomes a 5-0 lead. The Oilers, of course, they don't quit. And with Dave Longevin and Billy Carroll both in the box, a one-man advantage because Dave Hunter was off for Edmonton, but Wayne Kretzky gets Edmonton on the board. His fourth from Mark Messier at 8.06, but the Islanders answer. Another power play opportunity for the Islanders. Stan Weir of Edmonton off for hooking. Clark Gillies, his third of the playoffs from Butch Goring and our Islanders' birthday of the day, Hector Marini at 14-17. So the Islanders are up 6-1 to one after one. Clark Gillies gets another goal early in the third period from Dave Longevin and Brian Trottier and then a shorthanded goal by Denny Potvin from Butch Goring and Billy Carroll. Uh, Matty Hagman gets a late goal for Edmonton from Mark Messier and Glenn Anderson, but the Islanders cruise to an 8-2 win over the Edmonton Oilers to take a 1-0 lead in this series. Now, here's the thing. Billy Smith in this game makes 26 saves to earn the win, but for Hector Marini, our Islanders' birthday of the day, a Gordie Howe hat trick. He drops the gloves with Mark Messier, gets a goal, gets an assist, and he scored on his only shot on goal in this game. Marini, a plus two in this one with the five penalty minutes. So uh, a Gordie Howe playoff hat trick against Wayne Gretzky and the Oilers. That's a pretty darn good moment to remember. And uh, yes, we're a day early, but again, happy 65th birthday to former Islanders forward Hector Marini. He is our Islanders birthday of the day. We will be back uh, tomorrow. We have a lot to talk about on tomorrow's show. The uh, Islanders will be having another game on Thursday. So we'll certainly be talking about that and have a full preview of it. And uh, I'll tell you, the Islanders really need to uh, get things going. I like this win. It's a good 
bounce back from what happened on Saturday, and now the Islanders need to continue to build on this momentum. Thank you again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets. It's your one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert insight and analysis from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.